Welcome to the Bureau Briefing. Before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. They are amazing. Thank you to MailChimp. If you need a marketing platform, MailChimp is so much more than just email. They help you with Facebook ads, with Google ads. You just got to check them out. And the way that you can slice and dice the campaigns, it's beautiful. 10,000 feet. You know, if you need insights into your projects and your people, 10,000 feet is the resourcing tool that can help you with that. And also gather content. Content is always the thing that drags every project down. But when you use gather content, you can get a handle on it. And now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Bureau Briefing. You know, there's some people that when you start to introduce them, you realize you don't have enough time in your show to talk about all the stuff. And, and that's one of those people that we have here today. First of all, he's part of the team that built the first commercial website in 93. That means he was the first person to have to deal with ads. I think <laughs> technically. <laughs> like, I, have, I have stories. Yes. <laughs> then, then writes a hit song because why not with his band orbit tours with Lollapalooza, you know, tours throughout the nineties in North America, whatever, then decides, you know what? I'm just going to, co-found a digital agency that's going to do great work for Tesla and the Grammys and Harvard, whatever, you know, then decides, no, you know what, actually what I wanted to do was the music thing. So I'm going to start a band again. So he starts one, two, three astronaut, but doesn't want to get out of the business side. So he decides to be a coach. Meanwhile, had created this great conference for distributed people, right? With Yonder, which is a podcast now. Jeff, I don't know how the hell you have time to be on this show. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Robbins. Thanks. Thanks, Carl. You flattered me. <laughs> Dude, seriously. And you overwhelm me. You overwhelm me by flattering me. Thank you. I've always, this is the weirdest thing, but I've always felt we were kindred spirits. We're tinkerers. We don't know when to leave well enough alone. Yes. We just freaking annoy people because we, just, we always have an idea better than the idea we just had. And we get excited about things. That's, we that's love it. the story of my life. I just, I get, find things to get excited about. And then I, yeah, let's do that. Why not? Let's just do that. And, uh, and you know, that'd be awesome if we do that. And, and I've been saying, I keep finding myself saying this, this story, but you know, it's like, I should swim across this lake. That'd be great. Oh man, look at all the things on the other side of the lake. And about halfway across the lake, I usually find myself going like, what the hell am I doing? Like, Why did nobody stop me? Like, exactly. You know, but then what you get happened? to the other side of the lake and everyone's like, wow, you swam across the lake. That's so amazing. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, as I get older, it's, uh, it, it's, it's both my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. So, so, so talk for a second about, starting a band again. Like, was that an itch that you just couldn't get rid of? Was that something that you just said, you know what, I've, I've been in running this shop with a really great team mm -hmm. at Lullabot. Mm -hmm. And now that I've, I've kind of freed myself, I've kind of backed out of that. 
Was it a plan to do the band right away or did the band show up after you had the time? Um, I think the band showed up once I had some time. I mean, you know, the, the thing that happened to me uh, as the founder and CEO of, of Lullabot was like, you know, when you, you start a small company and it's kind of easy and, and fun, but as as it gets bigger, you gain more responsibility and you kind of feel like, oh, I should you know, uh, present myself better, wear better clothes and, and because <laughs> I'm a responsible person, you know? Uh, and, and so, you know, just, I, I had less and less time for making music and I don't know, seven, eight years into the company, people would say, Oh, you know, are you still playing music? And, and I would sort of joke like, how long can I go without playing music and still call myself still say. a musician, <laughs> you know, like, cause it's starting to kind of get hypothetical. Uh, and so to some extent, you know, I just, when I sold the company, I had some time and, and, you know, just sort of picked up a guitar again, like, um, well, this is, this used to be fun and it was fun again. And, and all of a sudden I found these, you know, the emotions and the, uh, you know, all this stuff kind of falling into the, into the music with the political situation and selling my company and all these sort of things happening all at once. It was a, just this really great outlet for, um, all the angst in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so how's the band doing? Like I, I've watched the YouTube videos. I've, I've seen some of the, I think there was a Facebook live thing or some sort of a live thing at one point that I plugged into. Yeah. the band's, like, How's all that going? It's doing great. I mean, it's, you, you know, there was uh, like, um, I don't know, a 14 year gap. I mean, Orbit did really well. Uh, as you, as you mentioned in your intro, um, you know, we were signed to uh, A&M records and, and, did really well as far as bands go. And, uh, um, and then sort of one thing led to another and I started the, a company. Um, and, uh, and so I've kind of been out of it for a while. So I'm sort of starting from scratch. I also I probably should have just called this new project orbit to kind of pick up, you know, like my <laughs> friends and, you know, dinosaur juniors <laughs> continuing on Buffalo Tom has gotten back together again, you know, but like, I've decided to start something new. And so I've got to tell everybody about it. Uh, I I'll, just I'll realized people. Orbit and 123 Astronaut that they're related. I'm yeah. not that I'm well, not that quick on the uptake. No, I well, <laughs> apparently I'm not either. So the name of the band, uh, my son, uh, who's now 14 years old, uh, was about, I don't know, two years old uh, and was trying to say three, two, one blast off. He had a little something that he was going to throw into the air. And instead he said, one, two, three, astronaut. Uh, and I thought, oh that'd be a good name for a band. I'm going to call my next band that. And, and in the intervening 12 years, never came up with a better band name. And also in the intervening 12 years, never thought, Oh, that's kind of like orbit. Uh, and so it wasn't <laughs> until like three months after, uh, you know, the band had been playing out and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, I've, I've kind of got a theme. Um, but that's okay. So how much of your time is the band taken up now? Um, it's about, I don't know, maybe, maybe 50, 50 with business coaching and, uh, -huh. uh, and band stuff. I do, you know, business coaching a couple of days a week and then play, play music the rest of the time. So, um, yeah. So because you, I mean, you did love business, right? Like eventually a business kind of takes over if, if you're not careful and as things get crazy, but you still love it. So 
talk about the coaching thing. Cause I tried it once and I gotta be honest, like anybody listening, thinking about hiring me, don't do it. <laughs> We're just going to sit there and I'm going to go, oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? So, but, but talk about that. Like, how do you make that transition into coaching? Well, I, I have to be honest with you. I think that, 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 uh, owner camp kind of got me started on that track. You know, um, I, I, I've tell people this story too. And I think I've probably told it to you. I mean, the first time I went to owner camp, I was, you know, I'm on the airplane thinking like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm, I just imagine all these people have Harvard MBAs, and, <laughs> you know, I'm going to like, I'm not going to be able to fit in. There's going to be all this talk about all this sort of like theoretical, you know, business charts and stuff like that, that like, and, and then I got there and realized like, this is all people just like me. <laughs> and, and in fact, at that point, you know, I mean, I think Lullabot had 40 employees or maybe 50 employees and, you know, we were a larger company than most of these companies. And, yeah. and, and although I, you know, hadn't gone to business school and sort of felt a little sort of imposter syndrome around that, like, we'd gone through and, and made all of the bad mistakes, you know, and, and learned, learned a lot from it. And, and, uh, you know, I'd basically gotten, uh, uh, MBA on the street, you know, in action, sort of just picking up voraciously reading book after book after book, you know, just trying to get the, the knowledge, uh, you know, on the job. And, uh, um, and found that I had a whole lot to offer, uh, the people in owner camp. And it was really, um, I don't know, just mutually, um, enjoyable. I, you know, I, I felt like I had a lot to share. People seemed to really be, uh, soaking up, uh, the advice I was giving. And, uh, and it was great to, to know that, to just be helping people. Um, especially cause as, as your company gets to be, uh, a certain size, the, the, the sort of, um, percentage of changes become smaller and smaller. You know, there's, there's, there's more, um, uh, inertia, uh, it's slower to kind of, you know, move the, the direction that the ship is heading. Uh, that's okay. Uh, but, uh, it was really nice to be able to just sort of sit down at lunch with someone and say like, oh, well, you know what I did, uh, this really helped us. And they go like, oh my God. I'm going to totally do that. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, this is great to be, to, you know, sort of be in that role. And, and that, and that, uh, you know, that role, you know, part of being uh, a co-founder of a company and, and a co-founder as opposed to a individual founder is, yeah. you know, I had people to bounce things off of and, and my job was ideating and, uh, strategizing and, and, uh, getting excited about things. Um, and, and to work with clients to do that is, is just super rewarding. Well, and so that's one of the things that you and I definitely share is that we get stupidly excited. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was talking with somebody yesterday and they said, how do you feel? I said, how do you think I feel? I'm like optimistic, even though it doesn't look like it's going to work. I can't help it. It's like, I'm always think I can just feel good these things to fruition. But so Lullabot was 2006. Is that when? That's when the company Lullabot started. Starts? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and started fully distributed. Yes. The small. Now, how big were you when you started? Uh, it was just Matt and I, my co-founder. Yeah. So I. just two. Yeah, just two of us. Yep. Yep. And then, um, you do a lot through Drupal education. We, we, yes. Uh, when we started, Drupal was not a household name. Um, right. uh, and there was very little out there in terms of, 
you know, it was very by developers for developers. So there was not a whole lot of like front end friendliness there. uh, there, And there weren't really much, wasn't really much for documentation and and no books. Uh, So uh, my business partner, Matt Westgate, uh, co-wrote the first Drupal book. Well, kind of the first full length Drupal book. Uh, And, uh, and then Lullaby, we immediately started, you know, just, talking <laughs> we started yeah. a podcast uh about drupal and and lullabot you know it was like hey let's start a consulting company and then we'll also start a podcast and every week we'll tell everyone who's listening everything that we've learned that week everything that we know yeah. we'll just share it <laughs> and uh and you know it seems like a um potentially something they would tell you not to do in business school. Uh, Those are the things that work, but it really worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and, and it just, I think it created a, a siphon effect, you know, as we shared more, we learned more and people came to us with more and said, Oh, you should talk about this. And, uh, and, and then we started doing uh, Drupal workshops and um, eventually that all sort of morphed into a video series, which morphed into a website called Drupalize me, Drupalize.me, which is a Drupal video training website um, that has split off from Lullabot. So separate business entity from, from Lullabot now. Yeah. Well, and then I remember I went to Yonder, and I think that's the first time we really got to know each other. I don't know that we met before that. I can't remember. No, I don't think we had it. It, it, it like about an hour into meeting each other, it felt like we'd known each other for a long time. Yeah, so, so it was kind of confusing time wise. But I remember um, two of the things I remember from that were because we were a distributed team. Obviously, we were at Yonder. And and you were and we had we had so many experiments we were trying to do to to help the team get to know itself you know as we grew we at our height we were about forty most of the time we were in the mid twenties but we had that same type of thing where we're trying to you know figure out how do you have a call you know a, a company call when you're in eight time zones right all this type of stuff and I remember you had um, first of all the weather report which I thought was brilliant right just this way of sharing how the company's doing with everybody and then the serendipity calls yeah right. The, the, this was when I started to fall in love with you because I was like, oh man, it's like, those are great ideas. And I, I just didn't have enough time to come up with them. I, I'm sure those were my ideas, <laughs> but, but that they worked and that you stuck with them and that that sort of thing. So, so when you're going in and doing your coaching now, like how do you find out kind of the soul of an organization? And I, I guess I'm just wondering, are you, are you, obviously you're going in and listening, but but what is that value that you, that you're giving to that owner? Uh, well, oftentimes, I mean, if it's a individual uh, owner of a company, you know, that doesn't have a business partner, it's really nice to be able to have someone to check in with. I mean, you you oftentimes think uh, that you know your 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 employees are your peers, and you can kind of talk about anything, but you can't really talk about anything. Yeah. You can't you can't say you know I've been thinking about layoffs, and I'm still kind of on the fence. You know that you can't. That's not a conversation you can have with your employees, you know. Uh, there's a whole lot that's in in that realm. Uh, so to just have someone, you know, to kind of check yeah. in with is is great. And then, uh, you know, my experience I, I, running a distributed company, you need to communicate more proactively. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, you know, running a podcast, you also need to learn how to ask questions and kind of dig deeper with people. And, uh, um, it's the, you know, it's a lot of related, uh, related stuff there. Yeah. 
I mean, what I what I learned, I was making a joke about not being a good consultant, but it's because I wasn't a consultant. I was what you just described. I was like a virtual partner, right? Yeah. Like I would I would get on the phone with people and they would start explaining to me something bad that happened. I'd be like, well, I don't even know why that person works here. Because honestly, all I do every week is hear you say that person's holding things back and I've heard no value. And so why are we not firing that person? And then it would just be, well, um, and I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, if, <laughs> if you want to have another call, yeah. we really need to address getting rid of that person because I think everything's going to get better. And maybe but that's it, good advice. I mean, sometimes people need to be called to task, uh, but you also need to, you know, know that it's not your company. Uh, exactly. It's their, it's their company. And, and uh, uh, you know, but, and so maybe the conversation isn't, hey, you should fire that person. It's, hey, what is it about that person that you still hold of value? Like why, what's got you stuck here? If this person is not working at the company, uh, not functioning at the company, uh, uh, um, you know, why, 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 why are you keeping them around? Is it that you, you know, carry, and, and it's a lot of the same stuff with, 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 uh, I, I think, there's this feeling and that feeling I had on the airplane uh, headed to that first owner camp was uh, that to be a good business person, you need to be a bad human being. Right. <sighs> and, uh, and uh, it, like, I think people get hung up on that, that, that uh, um, if I'm a good human being, I can't be a good business person. I, I can't be assertive. I can't uh, kind of, you know, do what needs to be done for the business. And, uh, and um, I, I think that, that they're not mutually exclusive. I think that, uh, you know, um, you can both be compassionate and caring and pragmatic and, you know, and, and realize, I mean, you know, for me, a big realization was by protecting my company, I'm protecting the employees at my company, right? By ensuring right. that we're profitable enough to stay in business, I am protecting people's jobs. Uh, and so if I don't fire someone that's not working well at the company, it's dragging everyone down and it's endangering everyone's jobs. Uh, and so, you know, and, and even to have that conversation with that person to be kind of open about that. Like you're not working here and it's endangering the company and I need to protect the company because I care not because, you know, I think that people kind of in, in a, because there's a lot of difficult emotions around all this. Right. And, and yeah. I think, I think a solution is to kind of go, Asperger's on it to kind of, to kind of like, you know, like to kind of just like pull out all the emotion and just, you know, go to them and say, you know, he, I'm, I'm letting you go. And I don't, I, I don't care about you. I never cared about you. Uh, um, I don't care about anyone. I, I, that I am a good business person. And, and, uh, <laughs> and then, then the company's no fun to work for because you're working for an asshole, you know, like, uh, yeah. and so I, I think that, you know, this is kind of the area that I live is, is kind of trying to find the ways that people can, uh, um, both, you know, bring their whole self to the business, not just, you know. So, so what is it that self. you're finding? So, so just roughly how long have you been doing the coaching? Um, about two years now. Um, I started doing it like as I think actually during, I, I originally started my 
exit from Lullabot as a sabbatical as we were, you know, Matt and I were kind of testing the waters on, on how the company would do without me. And, uh, right. Um, and you know, I hear it's going great by the way. Yeah. The company's doing really well. Um, it's, I hope it that feels, doesn't make you feel bad. Um, I'll, <laughs> so I'll be honest with you. I will be emotionally honest with you, Carl. Uh, I, I, I have, you know, like I am both, Elatedly happy and also a little bit sad. Like you know, I want. It does I make kind me of, sad. You know, like, like wait, there. I thought I was. I was so important. Yeah, but I, and you were. But but you built a great team. Well, that was you the had thing. a great partner for, for probably, you know, from probably year four uh, of the company. Uh, I I started a, a mantra of uh, um, replace yourself. Dot 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 often like like find the areas where i am a bottleneck and find someone else to do that uh you know and uh i'm you know not the i i'm an ideas person i i have a lot of skills around marketing and branding and um positioning and and stuff like that but uh you know and i can i'm, I'm a pretty decent writer but like when when I'm trying to do everything at once, I'm not doing anything very well. And, uh, and so, you know, we found some, uh, a really great person who, uh, um, eventually, you know, moved up into the COO role and, uh, um, uh, great CTO, uh, d design director, um, head of sales, who's now the president of the company. And, and honestly, my business partner, Matt Westgate is like, best business partner I ever could have chosen. I mean, you know, he, he, uh, we were able to have those deep, uh, open kind of vulnerable conversations with each other right. that kept that, uh, communication honest, uh, the whole way through and didn't sort of bubble up. Um, um, you know, and, and I, I think my experience being in bands and, and, having done other sort of entrepreneurial things over, over time helped me kind of see that when I met Matt, I was like, Oh, this is a guy that's that, that I can really talk with. So, um, so two years in, what are some of the common themes you're seeing with the, the clients that you're consulting with? I mean, obviously, you know, don't share anything <laughs> super confidential <laughs> unless you don't care, in which case just will, spill it. I will speak but, in anger. But what are some, what are some of the high level things? Like, what are you seeing? Well, a theme that I see a lot, uh, I mean, some of it is, is this, this kind of feeling that, um, almost sort of a fear of success that, that, that belief that like, well, if, if the company grows, I'll have to be an asshole and I just want to be an asshole, you know, uh, or, uh, another one that happens a lot is in order for the company to grow, we need to hire an asshole. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, and you're, you're not going to be able to mark this, uh, as, as a clean podcast anymore. I apologize, but. Oh, uh, no, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> We've dropped some, some heavy stuff. But, uh, oh, you know, and, and then all of a sudden now you've got this asshole who's working at the company because you thought that that's what you needed to do to grow. But I think overall, uh, for, you know, people, uh, I, and I also have, I have this, this, uh, this theory, um, that growth uh, in companies ha happens in, in powers of two. Um, so going from, you know, just being a single person with an idea for a company to ha either hiring your first person or oftentimes finding a business partner, uh, right. is a really difficult thing. And then at that four point and that eight point is that's where you start feeling like, Whoa, I'm really need to be responsible. And, and 
you know, 16 is, is the next, next point. It gets really, you know, these, these inflection points get to be, uh, um, they're just markers in, in the road. Uh, I lost my train of thought, Carl. 16, 16 is lock the door. Yeah. Like I, I think 16 is an amazing size. Yeah. Right. Well, right. So this is the, the theme uh, you, you were asking the theme. And so it's usually about that 16 point. Uh, where people start feeling like the company is running them. They're not running the company anymore. Yeah. The company Uh, becomes an entity. Right. It's that it's between eight and 16. That eight point is like, Oh, I'm responsible now. I'm actually kind of responsible for these people's jobs. And by the time you get to 16, you've given up a lot without quite realizing it. Uh, um, you know, you, you've, uh, you, you know, on the one hand, you see potential like, wow, we could do so much more as we grow. And certainly by the time you get to 32, you can, you know, that's when that starts really, really happening. Uh, but, but, you know, as I think as a company grows, people, uh, particularly in agencies, uh, um, uh, you know, sort of lose, uh, if you'll kind of excuse the, the turn of uh, words, uh, agency in their agency, you know, the control of their company, um, and feel like their company's running them. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the work that I do is just kind of helping people to realize like, well, okay, let's just assume that you could do anything you want with your company. What would you do? Um, and then remind them you can do anything you want with your company, uh, including shutting it down tomorrow if you want. Uh, you know, I mean, it gets different if you've got investors and, uh, and stuff like that. But I mean, for the most part, uh, um, you know, having been to, uh, the the uh, day I realized that I didn't have to review the insurance options. Well, that's another thing. I didn't have to look at the 401k. Replace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. It was, I hate it. I, I used to tell people I hate working here Yeah. because I have to look through this just slog. Yeah. of paper and try to decide what's best for people who aren't me. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> but then you find somebody who loves that stuff. Oh yeah. And you're like, would you like to work here? <laughs> well, and, and, and what's more, they don't put it off. They don't uh, regret it. They don't, you know, come at it sort of obliquely. Like they just do it. They make sure that payroll gets paid and the taxes get paid and, and every, every you know, I is dotted and T is crossed and they love it, you know? And, um, oh, and it, it's such a great feeling to have that happening. Uh, especially when I don't want to be doing that. <laughs> so if, if you were going to give a piece of advice to the people listening, right? I figure we get, you know, a lot of shop owners listening. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Right. Yep. Hey, everybody. What's up? <laughs> you know, I make I make jokes that, you know, I know the three people that listen, but <laughs> actually we're getting upwards of a thousand downloads now. It's kind of fun. Um, so what would you, what would you say? It's like, you've got a lot of people out there listening and they're running their shops. There, there's some small ones, some big ones, but if, if there's just like one little nugget that, that you've picked up in, in all of the crazy stuff that you've done, like, what would you say to him? Well, I think it's it's going to be some of those things that I've said already, you know, um, that you, you know, you don't need to lose your humanity uh, in, in order to to have success. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, I, I would say that that's the, the, yeah. the main thing. Um, I, I think that's so strong. You know, it's um, 
I, I remember being asked by my kids, like how I want to be remembered. And I said, I want to, I was a nice guy, but I was successful. I don't know why that seems like such a strong goal. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you know, and I think that I, I, you know, I, it's been my experience that you can do both of those things. Um, you know, it, you, there's certainly, uh, you know, as a company grows, uh, you start looking at the forest more than the trees, which is yeah. which is good. Um, and you realize that you can't keep every individual person at the company happy. Uh, and uh, and you stop trying to do that, which is good. Uh, you know, it's kind of freeing. Um, uh, so, you know, what it means to be a nice person uh, um, I, in terms of... Uh, I think oftentimes a lot of us come at that almost said as a fear place. Like I, I want people yeah. to approve of me. Uh, and, um, and, and there's some, I think you need to become your own gauge on that. Uh, um, you, you know, on, on whether you're a nice person or not. Um, and, uh, um, and, you know, ultimately that's, you got to live with yourself. So, so that's, that much is that's true the thing. And I'm not saying, you know, I mean, that sounds like some sort of a, you know, sociopath kind of way of justifying anything, but I don't mean it that way. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just, mean my kids are going to leave, my wife may leave, but the day that I leave myself, that's a big day. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think, but I think people do that. I mean, that's the deal with the devil, right? That's that like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up my soul. Uh, um, for wait, is that how you did all this stuff? Or to learn to play guitar? I guess was the that's the. I got to tell you, if you gave up your soul based on the movies I've seen, you got a raw deal. I mean, this is an impressive it, list, it never, but it never ends well. You should have been Carnegie Hall, yeah. man. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I had I had dinner with my brother last night. My brother's sixty, and we're sitting there and we're talking about um, you know, just what changed. Like what changed from like, he's a scientist and and he was getting published and pulled into all these meetings. And he was the one person in the room that everybody was like, I can't believe he'd say that. And now he's the person in the room that's like, oh, it's just somebody else saying something. Right. And, and we, we boiled it down to this. We had been creating things and we loved that process of creating. Mm -hmm. And then our lives changed and we shifted to protecting yep. the things we had created mm -hmm. And we, we lost our love of what we were doing because we weren't creating anything anymore. We were suddenly in this protection mode mm. and it was just horrible. I, I, I today well, had a great talk with Brett at the Bureau and I was just like, I, I got to find a way to have fun again, mm. man. Like it's, it's a ton of fun to hang out with everybody. And it's a ton of fun to be at the events. If it wasn't for the events, I, I, this would be really, really frustrating because like I told you, I'm in a room by myself, mm -hmm. right? Um, but once I realize and I see the connections between people, like I have to find a way to, to engage in that and, and to lift that up because that's creating, right? That's just, yeah. yeah. So well, and you know, uh, you need to be competitive. I, you know, I'm competitive, uh, in my band, I'm competitive in my company, you know, like I am a very competitive person and, and, uh, um, you know, um, the, I think as the company grows or as you have success, there's also a sort of a level of paranoia. You become the chief paranoia officer. You yeah, know? there you go. Uh, and uh, um, and 
that's okay. You you should be the the. This is the sort of the warrior mind. Uh, you you know you need to be keeping an eye on the horizon. Uh, uh, to to make sure keep the tribe safe. Uh, um, uh, but. Uh, I think you also need to find the creativity in that uh, um, and the opportunity in that and the um, ability to kind of grow and change. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but but I, I certainly can relate to that sort of like moving from creating to protecting. Um, and I but I think as we grow a company, um, you want to kind of engineer for that. You want to kind of strategize for like, OK, how can we keep this creative as we go how can we how can we kind of get into a place where we're not going to be quite so vulnerable and just sort of sitting and waiting for attack right Um, so because you can you can ride off into the sunset and not realize that it's actually a supernova um this is not going to end well but as long as it looks good as the closing credits are coming up i think you're fine well, that's kind of that's kind of true. I mean, you know, it's it's the inherent morbidity of everything. I mean, you know, people have lifetimes, companies have lifetimes. Uh, yeah. You know, you you need to enjoy them while you're doing them, uh, and not get obsessed with uh, the you know inevitable future. I mean, you you know, your company may last well beyond your death. There's really no reason to worry about it. But I think people can get really caught up in that and it becomes very myopic, right? Uh, uh, well, maybe it's the opposite, right? It's, it, you're so focused on everyone else that you're not focused on yourself. Uh, and, um, you're so t- trying to keep up with the Joneses trying to, you know, match what everybody else is doing that you're not really innovating, uh, and, and, and applying that creativeness to your company. Oh man. I, you know what, Jeff, I need like a week, just you and me. A week. <laughs> well, Let's get, do it. I think you start can, at your sailboat. Can we go somewhere where we can sit in hot mud somehow? I don't, I mean, yes. <laughs> with, with rose petals on our eyes. Yes. yes. I think that would be, that'd be lovely. I, well, dude, thanks for swinging by today. Yeah. It's, it's just always so good to talk to you and excited to see how the coaching goes. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep watching yeah. one, two, three astronaut. Definitely. So well, keep making good yeah, stuff. If people want to uh, find me for, for coaching, uh, jjeff.com is where you can find that's my coaching page. Uh, and one, two, three astronaut.com for music. I, I oftentimes feel like these things, like the m- more credibility I have as a musician, the less credibility I have as a business person, but you know, it's, it's all just me. And, uh, um, so, well, here's to having zero credibility as a business person because one, two, three astronaut gets signed. I think that'd be fine. <laughs> we'll see. It could happen. So, it could happen. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you All soon. Right. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. All the best. <laughs>